The discovery of psychedelics is the discovery that all of this cultural machinery is just Wizard of Oz stuff. Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. That's it. How did it feel to you? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Welcome to the Astral Mind Podcast. What's up, guys? It's Cowboy Kez. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Astral Mind Podcast. This is episode four, I believe, in the set. Uh, so I just wanted to lay down a few different things. I'm not going to be doing them live anymore simply because uh, I want everyone to get in on it at the same time. I, I don't want people to be here and then others to miss it because of a particular time. Uh, so that's, you know, that's that whole situation. Uh, uploads are going to be a little different on the channel, but I do appreciate you guys for the support. We just crossed 500 subscribers. So yeah. Thank you guys so much for that. That was fun. Um, and one other thing, everything on this channel is Patreon supported. So if you guys enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy the videos that I upload and you support my work, please consider becoming a Patreon. I'll have that in the uh, description section below. Uh, and with any questions or comments you guys have, you can leave those in the comments once the video is uploaded. Um, um, I am really new to the spiritual scene. Um, I tried to pick some stuff up in 2017. Um, Cal and I have been together since 2015. So, of course, he's been teaching me a lot through then until now. Um, and I'm sure for the rest of our, our lives. Um, and I picked up some herbs. I picked up some crystals. Um, I was doing a little tarot, um, but it never really stuck. It was never something that I could kind of like hold on to until about now, because I was stuck in this mindset that like, there was only one right way for everything. And of course, the way that I learned, I, we were both Christian growing up. That's how we met actually. Um, so that was just kind of like where my background went. So I finally gotten to the point now where I feel like everything is starting to um, overwhelmingly make sense. Um, so I can't really deny so many things anymore. So um, all the methods that I've learned, these like techniques, um, I've met my spirit guides, I've, I've met my, my higher self. Um, this is all stuff that I had to gradually get to in order to finally be, be able to trust my own experiences. Hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And it's been a common theme on the channel lately. Uh, with the people that I've had on before, I had Truth Seeker on uh, last week. Uh, I've had Conscious on, and and there's this uh, there's this like constant theme of having to break away from a traditional religious upbringing. Mm -hmm. uh, I've said before that this is a Christian nation, basically, just like you'd have like the nations of of you know uh, different Muslim beliefs and things like that. Uh, so it's easy to see how people can get into this place where they need to kind of break away from a more uh, rigid unyielding belief system that doesn't allow for other spiritualities other methods and techniques for reaching god because at the end of the day i feel like a religion is just it, it's it should be tried and true techniques to reaching god or to experiencing god in some way shape or form so but uh what are some of those things that you've been practicing i know you were telling me before about uh, your experience with your uh, higher self and people have asked me on the channel before to make a video about my higher self and meeting my higher self but I haven't <laughs> so <laughs> I can't really do that so the next best thing I'll just have my wife talk about it yeah so there you go what was that experience like for you like what was the technique that you did um the parts that you want to tell about it and different things like that um well I mean I don't think that there's any speculation around this. I mean, it's not scary in any way. Um, your higher self isn't um, like, you know, like 
a crazy like angel or God looking thing. Um, it really just kind of looks like you maybe a bit older. Um, and the funny thing too, is that you eventually grow in to be your higher self. So it's almost like, you know, when you're 16, your higher self is probably like 25. Um, and eventually once you get to 25, then you, you basically learned everything that that higher self knew. So now it's like, now that I'm 25, I'll be going on to like my higher self in like my forties or something. Um, so she's basically teaching me things that I need to know to get to that, you know, place that she wants me to be at or to get to my best life. Um, so just meeting her, it's, it's that love. Um, it was just, you know, she was that, like that parent I needed for my child self. Um, so that was a lot of stuff that I had to work through with her. I kind of went through some stuff like with my parents that I had to heal from, um, other things from different relationships that I had to heal from. Um, and she was just that nurturing parent that kind of held my hand and like gave me the answers when I didn't know something, when I was really struggling with something. Um, she was that comforting like mother energy that I really needed. That's a cool way to put it. Uh, I, I actually haven't heard it put that way. I haven't heard a lot of things concerning the higher self. Um, so I feel like that's just a topic people don't talk about very frequently. Not mm -hmm. in the essence of actually having a conversation and encountering it. Mm -hmm. um, but to say that your higher self is like a future version of yourself is, uh, is a really interesting take on it. I haven't experienced oh, yeah. it, uh, as much in that way. Not that I think that's wrong by any means. I just think that it's a new perspective, you know, it's like a different side of the diamond that you, you know, you can hold to the light and see something different, sure. um, you know, explaining the same thing. It's, this whole spiritual thing is multifaceted, um, mm -hmm. You know, so I've been, I've been thinking about that with what you said. Um, so what was your first experience like with your higher self? Um, it was kind of cool, actually. <laughs> I'm kind of a gross person. Um, a gross so person? <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> you can attest to that. I'm kind of a gross mm. person. Um, and I think the first place that I met my higher self was actually in like a sewer. <laughs> if, you know, if you could believe that. Um, so know. it, like I said, it wasn't scary. It was kind of like, um, it was flashes, you know, I think at first when we're all trying to get a hang, get the hang of like imagining something or like getting into a vision, you get flashes. Cause you know, you have to kind of go into your imagination to get to them. You have to go within yourself to get to them. So there's like this place in your mind that's locked up. Um, and you usually get to it through meditation. Um, so as I'm meeting her, I'm getting flashes of her face. I'm getting flashes of her silhouette. I'm getting flashes of the room. Um, and I guess I'm not alarmed that we're in a sewer. I'm not alarmed that there's like rushing water. I mean, it doesn't stink. It's actually kind of a nicer sewer. Like it doesn't look dirty. Um, it just is obviously like kind of an underground place um, that has like a few, you know, openings. I wouldn't say doors. They're like door doorways um, into different places. Uh, so that could be, you know, just different um, higher selves that I'll get to eventually. I'll travel over to like that next place to meet them. Um, but she was very loving. She was very um, patient with me. You know, of course, I, I approached her in kind of a um, a panicked sense just because I'm kind of a panicky person. Um, so, of course, if I'm like, you know, m messing with something in my head or I'm trying to figure something out and it's just not coming to me. I'm going to go to her and I'm like frustrated and irritated and like demanding she give me the answer. And she's just patient. And she's like, you know, you just have to think about it a little harder. Um, and she like gives it to me willingly, doesn't really withhold information from me um, unless it's like something that she's like, yeah, you're going to figure that out in a couple of days anyway, type thing. Um, but yeah, she's, she's great. <laughs> she's yeah. super nice. She's everything that I want to be. Um, so I try to model myself after her. And I think it's, it's great to have that role model that um, isn't another person because I think we get too caught up in like trying to be other people. We need to come yeah. back and focus more inward and, and try to be the best person that we can be. I, I definitely feel that about trying to be other people. Mm -hmm. um, like my Christian walk was me trying to be my mentor. And okay, mm. let me let me tell you guys about this situation with my mentor. Like I, oh, I wasn't going to do it. Oh, wow. But... I just I'll do it I'll do it briefly cuz I mean I respect him but at the same time I feel like it would help people to know what type of situations you could find yourself in trying yeah. to 
you know, get free of a religious institution that you've been a part of. Uh, so like, uh, my mentor, I mean, there's the video on my channel. So you guys know about my mentor, you know, like, uh, you know, how he helped me, how he was like my religious anchor for a little while in Christianity, but I recently wanted him to come onto the podcast. Right. And I don't want to make this entirely about that, but <laughs> I feel like everyone has these situations where, they expect someone to be a certain way or to be more accepting and they turn out not to be. Now with my mentor, I had not told him about this sort of channel that I had before because he is strictly like Christian, you know, he's like Christian, no extensions, no nothing, no edges, nothing like he doesn't make any exceptions and he's very close minded in that regard. And so obviously when I start practicing these other techniques that, he's not agreeing with he doesn't want to be on the channel anymore so i was gonna have him on the channel you can blame him for that <laughs> mm-hmm. that that was the plan I, I expected to have him on the channel um but i feel like in that is a an archetypal reference of the universe like you're gonna come up to a point where you find someone that anchors you in life uh like my mentor they're gonna teach you things but at a certain point you have to outgrow them because that's that's the cycle. That's the process of evolution. Like you have to become better than the model before. So, I mean, I don't want to go into extreme detail, but we disagreed about, you know, the nature of God and the only way to get to God being Jesus. And I thought, well, I don't think that's the only way to do it, nor do I think I'm going against God by thinking that. And so we, you know, just decided to disagree. Um and so that situation came about, but I, I feel like it's like that. Like, you can't try to be people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, I was trying to be like him to have his stories and his experiences. And that's sort of what inspired the channel was that I love telling stories and I love sharing experiences and stuff. And, you know, I got that from him, but you have to be your own person. And the mm-hmm. fact that your higher self is technically you controlling mm-hmm. your younger self through like an avatar esque connection that, you know, transcends our own understanding of how, you know, consciousness is evolved, if it can be said to have evolved. But it's better that it's you mm-hmm. and you're growing into yourself as opposed to trying to become someone else in the exactly. process, losing your individuality. You know? Exactly. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, all that does is feed your ego anyway, mm-hmm. um, because that it it um, puts you in a place where you're like, well, I have to have these things and I have to be this person and and I'm I'm seeing that I'm kind of not really up to par in this sort of area when it comes to this person. And it's really frustrating. And now I'm upset with this person and I don't want to talk to them anymore. Or maybe it's like I'm so angry at this person that I want to hurt them because they're better than me at this particular thing that I want. Mm-hmm. And it's like not to say that you shouldn't have a mentor, that you shouldn't have somebody that you can go to to kind of give you advice. Because there is always going to be somebody out there who probably knows more than you. Um, but just to have that inner self as well, who can kind of remind you of who you are because they know who you are and mm-hmm. they've been through this, they've done this life already. Um, so it, it's, I don't know, it's really cool. Cause like, just for an example, um, I've had a lot of issues with my, with my dad, you know, growing up, um, he wasn't around a lot. And so, you know, I was striving and striving and striving to be the daughter that he wanted or the daughter I thought he wanted because I thought that there was something wrong with me that why he didn't want to stay. And so the older I got, the more that I realized that I just kept pushing that down and trying to show my dad something that he would find value in. And so of course, the older I got, the madder I got that I did that when I was younger and talking to my inner self, she just kind of showed me this vision of myself now holding on to my younger self when she was like, you know, crying because she missed my dad or crying because she didn't know where my dad was like type thing, like holding her and cuddling her and trying to like make her feel okay. And my higher self just kind of told me that it wasn't entirely, you know, something in my younger self that wanted to impress my dad or wanted to find value. It was also the fact that I was comforting her, that my dad couldn't do it. So I was doing it spiritually. And so it's like, even though you're not in contact with your higher self, they're always looking out for you and they're comforting you and they're giving you what you need. You just have to like accept it. I like this concept that 
you're the higher self that your past version needed. It's actually a meditation that I heard from a friend recently. Um, Because uh, when I meditate, uh, especially recently after I've been attuned to Reiki 2 and, you know, I've just being introduced to this new, more intense level of energy is I've been giving that energy out to people. I've been sending it to people that come Mm. to mind. I kind of, I I try to feel what everyone in the environment is feeling in the area. And I, 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 I give that energy to them. You know, if they're looking for breakthrough or to manifest something, I would send that manifestation energy to them. Mm. Um, And so because of that, what has been happening is well, at least that friend of mine told me that what you can do because of this is you can go back to your past selves and your future selves throughout all the different timelines. If you guys believe in like multiverse theory or like infinite realities and things like that, you mm-hmm. could technically go back to your younger self in a meditation and heal your younger self. You can be that love and unconditional, uh, that unconditional love that your younger self needed, like you're mm-hmm. talking about. So it would make you your higher self. Uh, yeah. which is an interesting idea is like maybe your higher self. Um, of course, there's an aspect of you that is the universe and is that like mm-hmm. collective consciousness, that super consciousness. But there could be a version of you in the future right now that is meditating, that is looking back on us at this present moment, what we would call the present, giving mm-hmm. us the energy and the power we need to move forward and connecting with us in meditation. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. idea. If meditation is like the astral telephone, if it's the yeah. yeah the spiritual connection between your higher selves, I think that's a really cool idea because if you think about some forms of meditation, it gives you the ability to connect to God or connect to the universe. So why couldn't you connect to your future selves? Uh, it's not something I've experimented too much with, but I have Asher projected through time, I believe. And, and I wanted to make a video about this. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have told you about this, but I... I uh, I, I feel like I projected into my future body in an experience. It was a really strange experience. Uh, this was mm-hmm. back when we were at our old apartment. And um, oh. so I I just went through my typical astral projection and, you know, the, the technique. But I felt a presence in the room when I separated. And I'm not typically afraid, but I felt the presence, like, on me. It wasn't negative. It was just, like, the intensity of having something there. I could feel the energy of it. And uh, I felt it's hard to describe, but it's almost like if you're on a boat and the way you can feel the boat rocking because it's in the water, that's how it sort of felt like I was sort of like swaying and moving with the energy. And the next thing you know, is like I'm feeling this this crazy etheric pulling sensation of my astral body. And then I'm in a different place having a conversation with you in from the future talking about a kid like our kid or something like that Uh and uh like i think to myself like wow like i'm like this is pretty crazy um it's like where am i at like i'm looking around the house like oh wow you know this and that and then i'm back into my body it was very short but it it was an interesting experience so i think it's definitely possible Uh, and i've thought for a while that perhaps time travel isn't it's not so much us moving ourselves from this reality into another one. I believe that's possible and there is an aspect of that. But at the same time I think there's a type of transportation or, you know, time travel of your consciousness to a version of you that is in the future. Um it's like something that's unlocked through memory. Because when you have past life regressions, you're technically uh you're technically moving your consciousness into the life of your past self. So you're Mm -hmm. moving through time, technically, uh, because time doesn't exist outside of this 3D reality. Like, outside Mm of three-dimensional space, time is not, it it doesn't mean anything. You know, you could visit yourself three, four lives back and watch yourself there or be in that body and experience life in that body. So why couldn't Mm -hmm. you do it with the future as well? Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think you should probably take that and... and, um... Another thing that my higher self told me is to never think of anything as coincidence. Um, So if you see a sign or if something were to happen to you that kind of points out something that you've been trying to avoid, uh, especially, or even something that you weren't thinking about, um, I really think that everybody just needs to take a hold of that and just be like, 
okay, well, let's see what happens, you know? Um, so if that were the case, if, if you were kind of put into your higher self's body, I think that might be a sign that you should probably start trying to contact your higher self. Maybe they're trying to talk to you and maybe they have been for a while. Yeah. I just don't listen. I usually don't listen. <laughs> Gotta stop doing that. That's probably why I have these experiences where things just pop up on me and they're just like, Hey, cause I haven't right. been, <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to the little stuff, but you know, it seems cooler that way. Like, I'd rather okay. have an angel show up. And, yeah, but, you know, know you're going to end up with, like, some crazy, creepy creature, and, and it's going to scare the bejesus out of you. So, I don't know. You should probably just, like, give them a chance. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's that's Grounded. the way it goes. Come, come back to the earth, baby. That's come the way it goes. <laughs> Speaking of the earth mm-hmm. and the segue skills, you see that? Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, plant medicines. One thing I, I will, I've been wanting to try, and I've talked to you about this before, has been ayahuasca. And oh, yeah. It's just a process, man. You know, it's it's a whole process. And my biggest thing is drugs aren't for everyone. Yeah. Like psychedelics especially. Yeah, uh, true. I, I heard uh, Guru say... Uh, just earlier today, he was talking about like marijuana, whether it's good. And he's like, it, to me, it's not a moral issue. Like, I don't care. But it's mm-hmm. like, does it enrich your life or take from your life? Because if you're doing something that's taking from your life, you should stop doing that. Because you need yeah. to live your best and fullest life. I mean, that's partially how you get out of the reincarnation cycle is complete what you came here to complete in its sure. fullness and, and ascend. So you don't have to keep going through these lives. But mm-hmm. like... I don't think, and this is one of the reasons why I don't smoke as much as I used to, or hardly at all, really, is because um, I feel like it's taking away from my life experience. Now, I've, I've talked about having some wild experiences on it, of course, mm-hmm. but um, if I have bad trips more often than I have good ones, it's just not a pleasant experience for me. And I've heard people say, well, it's not a bad trip. It's a challenging trip. And... Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, I get that. I get that you learn things about yourself, but there are also other ways of doing it. And it can lead to psychosis in some cases to uh, to take a substance. Say, I, I've, I've even heard horror stories like people have taken X amount of grams of like dried shrooms, like heroic doses, and they've never come back. Like, they're just, they're just gone. Uh, yeah. You know, mental institution the whole nine yards like medication and everything um and i don't want to be that you know it's it's not Mm -hmm. that serious to me uh i i want the experience because any anytime anyone says oh this is an amazing experience you have to do this like it's life-changing of course like i want to do it like i want to have this experience i'm a you know i'd like to think i'm a psychonaut but at the end of the day the risk I feel like outweighs the reward. If smoking marijuana makes me have crazy experiences, sometimes and oftentimes uncomfortable experiences, then high doses of shrooms, like Terrence McKenna talks about the uh, heroic dose being five dried grams and his nine gram like trip experience, like some of these huge doses, like, I don't know if what I would experience, one, if I could even bring it back and solidify it into something explainable or if I would recover from it. Because I feel like my mental space already is really fragile. Like I'm already half in and half out of reality. Third eye is already open. I'm seeing flashes and colors and beings walking by all the time. So like, I feel like I don't so much need that push. And, uh, you know, Joe Rogan talks about it on his podcast. Like, uh, you know, you can take this trip and be on the top of the mountain right away. Uh, you can you can do DMT and get to the top of the mountain. And or you can meditate and get there through like Kundalini Yoga. You can get there. But it takes time and practice. And to me, that's the difference between learning how to drive a car and having someone give you a trip every now and again in a car. You know, I can go whenever I want now, though it took me longer to learn than it would have if someone just, you know, honked the horn and said, hey, come on outside of the house. Let's go on your little trip, you know, <laughs> down the street. It, it's different 
when you learn it yourself. It's it's the whole, you know, parable about teach a man to fish. He, you know, feed him for a lifetime. Like sometimes psychedelic trips feed you for the interim. It feeds you for the moment. Mm. And then you go away and it changes you, sure, but you go back to the normal mundane and your only way to reach extended states of bliss and ecstasy are through another experience. So you chase the experience itself. And uh, Ram Dass talks about this. He goes on to say uh, in his experience uh, back in, I think it was 1969 when he takes shrooms, it's like it was a continual period of getting high and coming down, getting high and coming down, like where he would have this experience of God when he was high and then he'd come back down to normal. He's like, I was tired of that. Like, I wanted to get there and stay there. I wanted to have the experience. And so he went to India and tried to, you know, figure that whole thing out. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But with all of that said, you've done LSD. I love drugs. I think drugs are awesome. Um, the dichotomy. I, I'm a stoner. I have done LSD. I've done shrooms. I've done ecstasy. I've done cocaine. Um You've done cocaine. <laughs> well, like you haven't. <laughs> well, I, I, I have to try it. It was a, you see, you yeah. see, I'm not gonna try it. I, I, I can hear people <laughs> in the comment section right now. I was like, oh, if someone gave you heroin, would you oh, try right. that? Like, no, no, of course not. No, no. Um, a lot of the stuff that I've tried is just like for experience. Um, and just to piggyback off of what you were saying, I think one of the worst things. To anybody out there who's also like smokes marijuana, um, one of the worst things is to have somebody tell you that like to be happier, you should stop smoking. And it's like, I mean, I was extremely depressed just like a few years ago. Um, and weed is really what helped me get through that. Um, I went to therapy. I was admitted at, at a point um, like I was getting help. But weed was the one thing that was just like every time it was like, I can just function when I'm when I'm with you, you know, <laughs> like, like a love, uh, like a, a relationship with me and weed, you know, and um, the plant medicines. Think, you know. Yeah, honestly. And it's like I was I was watching a TikTok that was like, um, it's not that I'm out of weed when I don't have any left. It's that I'm out of my medicine, like mm. my my medicine is gone and I'm going to be un medicated until I get more you know um so it's like I don't know it's hard to tell people that like if you were to stop smoking or doing the thing that's helping you cope with life at the moment that you would be happier because it's like you know for a fact right now I could not stop doing it or whatever because you know I'm, I'm having like suicidal thoughts all the time or something and this is the only thing that makes them stop it's like don't feel pressure if that is the case Please do not stop smoking just because you have people telling you that you'll be happier if you do. You have to get to a point where you want to be happy. When I was depressed, I didn't care. I was like, whatever. I don't want to be happy anymore. I just don't want to exist. Like, that's it. That's that's all there is for me. Um, you can't tell me anything about how I have to manifest my own uh, life, my own happiness. Like, it's over for me. I'm done. Um, so when you're in that headspace, of course, like, you cannot stop doing the thing that's that's keeping you alive technically you know or keeping mm -hmm. you sane um so eventually though the rain always stops like there is going to come a point when you don't feel so sad anymore and you don't feel like it's so hard to live without the substance and then at that point maybe take a tea break or um you know just see what life is like now that you've got this like newfound um, appreciation for life where you see that all your hardships are kind of starting to backpedal or they're leaving you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I've done LSD. Um, I smoke every day. So I'm, that's why, you know, you and I are twin flames, babe. You mm -hmm. don't have to do anything. I'll do it all. Right. <laughs> so, um, my LSD trip was very interesting. You were my trip sitter. Um, so I think it would be fun to also hear your experience of how, you know, what it was like being a trip sitter for somebody. No, I was stressed, man. I was stressed the whole time <laughs> <laughs> because it was my first time trip sitting someone in like a legit, this is going to be a 12 hour ride sort of thing. Like, uh, and, was. and I was like sitting there, you know, I was laying next to you and you're like looking at walls and you're like, Oh my God, I see this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Jesus. What do I do with a bathtub, cold water? What did Kendrick say? <laughs> like, 
I, how do Honestly, I fix this? I took it at 10.30 p.m., which I probably shouldn't have done. But mm. I, I bought it when I was at work, and I was so excited. There was just this guy who came into work who sold them. Um, I bought it, and then he, he dropped it off to me. And I was so excited. I got home, got through the door, slipped it under my tongue, and I was going, you know. Um, but, of course, it was like – it was – like I, I had anxiety when I was getting through it. Like in the beginning, when it was starting to go up, it was like that roller coaster ride, you know, right before the drop. Um, the worst part is having that rickety, like you know, bump, 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 bump going up, because mm. uh, it seems like it's never going to stop. And then they fake you out at the at right when you're about to go down that drop. So um, that's kind of how it felt in the beginning. But eventually, it was like the drop was kind of just like a whoop little thing and then we were like off doing you know loopy loops and you mm -hmm. know seeing a whole bunch of stuff so it was fun i was having a good time um i even documented my trip oh so i have like notes just notes that i took because i really did i just wanted to be able to remember it go back to the experience and read exactly what was on my mind mm. um so i've got like four pages here of just stuff that i wrote uh when i was tripping um well we're here for it let's all right let's dive in ladies and gentlemen i don't think we're that i'll taking read... off <laughs> i don't think that i'll read everything like i'm not going to read you word for word because no, it's kind of long just, just um, summarize I'll paraphrase. yeah I'll paraphrase yeah Par paraphrase let's pick up some fries <laughs> i love fries um okay so i waited 30 minutes um for it to finally start to pick up I didn't eat anything before, um, or nor did I smoke because that's when I started to feel like anxious was when I stuck it under my tongue and then I was kind of sitting there and I was waiting for stuff to happen. And that's when the anxiety kind of started to kick in. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, maybe if I'd ate or if I'd smoked, I would have had an easier ride up. Well, I hear different conflicting stories about that. I hear that if you smoke on the way up and near the drop, that... Mm -hmm it makes the trip more intense and could make oh. it frightening. Oh. Um, and at the same time, eating would lessen the effects. Mm. Because just like when you smoke and then you mm. eat, like you, you come down faster. Uh, okay. You see, I know the facts about the substances, but my body is just like, mm -mm, not yet. Mm. I mean, I, I'll do them at a certain point, but I, I would do them very ritualistically. I, I wouldn't do them in passing or, you know, just... Uh, it's something I'd have to schedule and, you know, meditate up until to get to get ready for it. But tell the experience mm. as it was happening for you. And I guess use the journal and mm. what you wrote in the journal is like supplementary because I want to hear it from like your gonzo journalistic perspective. Like I want to oh I want your your personal like unfolding of events Okay. Okay. Well, all right. So then that means that I'd have to go back and like recollect it all instead of just reading it. Oh, um, well, if you can't recollect it all, just go ahead and read it then. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't remember every small detail, so that's why I like wrote it down. Uh, mm -hmm. um, but like at that point when I was starting to feel anxious, I felt like I was going to puke. So I think that's when oh. we turned on that, um, that satisfying compilation of people like cutting soap and like playing with the the slime and stuff. I don't know what it is about that stuff, but it we, is so. We got the LSD hacks, guys. Uh, yes. <laughs> whenever you're whenever you're tripping, watch the satisfying videos. Yes. Thank, oh thank my us god. Later. If you guys like having people cut soap, I don't know what it is about that, but those little like diamonds coming off of it. Uh, I really wish that I could cut soap. Okay, but shame, so, shameless, shameless. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, right. I, I, I'm a big fan of ASMR too. I don't know if I, I probably have never said it before, but um, like there, there are nights when I just pull up. Like I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Ephemeral Rift. That's my guy. If you have, leave mm -hmm. a comment in the comment section. You know the Rifters, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a ASMR is like I, I don't know. It's just uh, relaxing. It's very relaxing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good um, content for sure. So after that. It seems that I started to um, get cold. I guess the anxiety, I think, was starting to make me shake. And maybe I felt, like, cold or whatever. So I think we probably turned on the heat. And then I noted that my jaw felt weird. Um, and then I said that I wasn't really having a good experience so far. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, 
I was trying to ignore it. My health felt my head felt uncomfortable and I didn't want Calvin to freak out. So I was like trying to hold it together and then I started writing in all caps and I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. My handwriting is irritating me. I feel really tense. I feel like dumb tense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I'm meshing with this shit. Can I curse on here? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. None but gangsters listen to this anyway, so <laughs> and then I started to see colors. Um, so like, I, see know. colors like how, like like washing over your vision. No, it was so like looking at a white wall. So all of our walls in our bedroom were white. Um, just kind of looking at the wall, it was like I saw a pattern of like almost like kaleidoscope pattern of mm-hmm. colors just kind of go around the wall in my vision. It wasn't really in my peripheral. It was really just like right where I was staring. And um, it was awesome. Like some of it, some of it had like a red base. Some of it had a green base. Like it was, it was pretty cool. Did it look um, holographic, or did it look like it was actually there on the wall? Like, you know I, how when you sneeze really hard yeah. and you see like colorful dots, did it look like that? It wasn't like as if you would imagine somebody painting something on a wall like that obvious. It was kind mm-hmm. of like a, I don't know. It, was, it kind of had like a see through. It was slightly transparent so you could kind of tell that it was like coming from your mind you know it's like holographic yeah yeah i suppose transparency Um, okay so then at this point once i started to see the colors i had the these like terrible laughing fit like Mm. i just started cracking up i was crying i couldn't breathe and i was like i don't understand why i can't stop laughing do you remember that Uh, yeah of course yeah it made me worried i was like oh no (laughs) i was laughing at everything and then I think that's probably about the time that we turned on um, Fear and Loathing. In oh, Vegas. yes. Fear and Loathing. Yeah. have to watch I, that when you're I tripping. may have to go on a, a slight tangent. Fear and Loathing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Fear and Loathing. It is a good movie. When it comes to that movie, whenever I drink heavily, happens sometimes, not all the time. Much more frequently now because all the holidays are at one time. It's like they're trying to kill you. But Mm. whenever I did any sort of substance, I would watch that movie. Because I feel like in that movie embodies, like, the desire to go on the trip. Mm. Like, Hunter S. Thompson, (laughs) he was the guy who came up with the quote, buy the ticket, take the ride. Like, just, I'm just doing it because why not? Like, that's how he connected to God. And, like, he... And he created gonzo journalism, like this experiential stream of consciousness writing. And I love it. So mm-hmm. By if the you've way, never seen the movie, watch it. Justice for Johnny Depp. Nobody should have to be hit or hurt by their spouse. Nobody. Justice that's, for Johnny Depp. That's an interesting thing, too. Like, I always feel yeah. like this stuff with these celebrities is... It could be just I like I feel like totally it's staged, yeah. yeah. Like, especially but, with like some of the artists and stuff. Like yeah. music artist. I don't know. Johnny's so, like, how can you not love Johnny Depp? You know, he, mm-hmm. he seems so genuine. He seems just like, you know, I'm I'm here to do it, like, do the job, and then I'm going to go ahead and, and, you know, mosey on my way and live the rest of my life. Like, he doesn't seem like he's, like, problematic or in anybody's business. And, you know, I, I find it very interesting that, like, maybe a B-list or C-list uh, actress would think that like she could act this way toward him Uh, i mean not saying that like anybody deserves it obviously i just said um that nobody deserves to get hurt (laughs) but just the fact of like you know you're messing with somebody that like a lot of people like and so of course like we're all going to be on his side you know like poor johnny depp i can't believe he doesn't seem like the type that would do something to like instigate something like that but then again i don't know him but so after that incident, I remember we were watching videos about him, and there're gonna yeah. be a lot of um, gonna be a lot of tangents here, guys. So yeah, so <laughs> stay tuned. You know, we're Don't, working with an air sign here. Every guys, everyone guys. clicks off, you know. But oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, this is something we got to talk about is astrology because you're really big into astrology. But oh, yeah, uh, I've looked in the, after this incident, and we heard about it. We looked up some of his his interviews on uh i think it was like letterman or something like that i I forget 
Uh, uh, some of his like talk show interviews and he's got a very interesting philosophy about films and I mean he's funny of course and you know I feel like he's being facetious to a degree but at the same time I feel like he actually thinks that way you know the 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 show host was asking like so after your films uh after your films are done do you watch them and he was like no like so you've Mm. never so you haven't seen this film that just came out and he was like no why would I it's like I feel like like once my job is done, like behind the scenes, yeah. that's it. It's none of my business. It's like what? What are you yeah. talking about? See? See? <laughs> but like, you, and it's such a Buddhist, Hindu. It's such a spiritual way to go about things because, like, the outcome is out of your hands. Mm. Like it's it's not your concern. It's like parenting. Like I talked about that before on the channel. Like mm-hmm. everyone is like, oh, I, you know, I have to do this. I have to make sure my kid is this and this and that. Like your job as a parent is to take care of the kid, to give it all the opportunities, keep it safe, feed it, you know, shelter, right. all that stuff. Right. How the kid turns out is up to like the kid and God. Like, you know, you can give it all the love. You can teach it all the right things, but don't stress yourself out about who they'll become. Like your mm-hmm. goal is to be a parent, not to be right. the decider of destiny for them, you know. Uh, right. So I, I think it's really interesting that Johnny Depp has those sort of views and like the iconic roles this man has been in. Mm. Edward Scissorfingers, my boy. <laughs> my right. boy with the fingers. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, Johnny Depp doesn't seem like a problematic person. Like he seems like somebody who really just goes to work, does his job and goes home. Like he he's not looking for attention. I think Johnny Depp could fart and people would talk about it, you know, like what on earth what would he gain from having this woman beat him up like that doesn't make sense you know so i think he's he's definitely not lying he's definitely not lying um what what does he have to gain in general like this i mean everything one of the richest actors out there well known renowned like what does he have to gain from a scandal really like more right. clout, like he's already got it all. Like you've got all the clout, sir. Relax. Like you don't right. need any more. Did he just want to get Amber Heard out of the new Batman movie or something? Oh, so she got like kicked out of the Batman movie for that? That's what I was hearing was that she was supposed to be the new Poison Ivy, and I, I think, the Robert Pattinson movie. Yeah. Like his his new Batman. I think I don't oh. know if you know Poison Ivy was even supposed to appear in that movie. But I saw somewhere that people were starting like a petition or something online to get her removed, that they didn't want her as uh, Poison Ivy. They wanted somebody else. I can't remember who. Yo. But they were like, yeah, she she doesn't deserve it. Like, if she, you know, she, we have this whole scandal. Like, we don't want to even see it. Okay. I have a few different I, I, a few different feelings about that. One, I want to talk about that Batman Cancel movie. culture. Cancel culture is the other thing. Like, I Stop get it. it. I get it. It makes sense. When you're on a platform, you're on a pedestal and people are seeing you, I feel Mm -hmm. like it's an act of people's own self-righteousness to try to tear someone down for who they were in the past. Mm -hmm. Ignoring their journey. Like Shane Dawson is an example of this. Uh, Jenna Marbles and how she just completely ended her channel over tweets that people brought up from years and years and years ago. It's like, I'm a totally different person now. Like I'm totally different. It's almost like five, six years past since these things. And Shane Dawson, this was back when YouTube was in its infancy. He was making these videos and then we were laughing about them. Then it wasn't like he was committing social injustice and you know, like, like he was coming against people. Right. That's what everybody wanted to see. You know, that was the the TV show that your parents wouldn't let you watch was comedy central. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what was on comedy central Dave Chappelle and South park and, you know, everything else. It's like, of course, like that, that was the humor that we grow up with, not justifying it, not saying that anything was okay with it, but to take somebody's, like you were saying, take somebody's progress away. Like they are starting to adapt. They're starting to learn from their mistakes. They're starting to see that what they were doing was wrong. And now everybody gets to a point where they're like, I looked back and I see all these tweets or I look back and I see these videos and you were acting this way like five, six years ago. What is that all about? You must not be a very good person, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that just, that doesn't make sense. And not only that, but we could go on and on and on about Jenna. We could go on Mm. about Jenna. She, I'm so upset with her. I'm so upset with her. I'm not even going to get into it. 
but she's so she disappointed me guys she really really let me down it's just for canceling the channel i mean i could i could see why she did it maybe she was ready to be done with the channel she was totally ready to be done like i know i said i I wouldn't go into it but i guess i'm going to um if you i don't know if anybody's been watching jenna's content for the last like almost a few years you know or I, i would at least say maybe 2019 2020 this woman made a video about her napping <laughs> like the lack of effort that went into her videos toward the end it was so apparent and it's like i feel like people started to call her out about you know the videos that she made when we were kids um she got butthurt about it i think she really just got upset and of course she she's gonna make it seem like she got offended that people were saying that but i think that she got upset that people were saying one day that she was unproblematic and this is what happens when you act this way, you know, like white people who aren't problematic get to age well and, you know, this, that, and the other. So, you know, everybody was like really like with her. And then all of a sudden the next night it was like, oh, Jenna did blackface and blah, blah, blah. So we don't like her anymore. Yeah, I think she got mad and I think she got petty and she was like, I'm just going to use this reason to step back from YouTube. Um, reevaluate things, which I'm, you know what, I'm not saying that she didn't have the right to do that. If you don't want to do YouTube anymore, that's totally fine. But I feel like as somebody who's been watching you for such a long time, somebody who was like, I am such a big fan of Jenna. um, I feel like I deserved a better explanation. You know, I I deserved her coming out and saying like, look, I'm just kind of getting bored with this. I don't really have any more video ideas. um, And I'm just not really into it anymore. So I would rather just stop that I would have so much more respect for her and we would have left off on good terms. But the fact that it came from black lives matter and you know, everything that happened this past summer, it was like, you can't use that as a reason to end your channel. Like that's not, that wasn't the point, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's the cancel culture. It's just, it's, I understand where people come from, but it's toxic. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's really toxic. Um, I feel like it encroaches on freedom of speech. Like, okay, you were saying stupid shit when you were younger, but everybody's stupid. Like, I have a younger version of me that said stupid stuff that if it was available to look up on Twitter or something, people would be like, oh, he was an idiot. Like, yeah, like, everyone goes through these stages of maturity. And, like, the the process of maturation, especially on the Internet, is Mm -hmm. it's grotesque. Like, it's like like if all your, your diaries became public it's like right and and then you being kicked off of movies and tv (laughs) shows and shit like that like the roseanne thing i understand that like and that's terrible but at the same time like we don't you can't force someone not to be racist because that doesn't fix the problem that's you, you don't force someone you don't beat someone into not being racist because like you only increase their reason for being racist like you have to approach it a different way. And I, I, don't, I don't think the way that cancel culture is going about things is the right way of doing it. Yeah. You know, it definitely, it doesn't fix anything. Like, it's almost like you're telling somebody that even though you're better now, like, I still see you as that person. And it doesn't matter what progress you've made. It doesn't matter that you're a more tolerant person now. Um, you did that stuff when you were younger, and I can't forgive it. It's like we can't approach things that way because then I, how are we going to forgive? I mean, when it's like something like that, where it wasn't even something that was done like uh, personally to you, like this wasn't somebody, somebody came against you like personally um, and you can't forgive somebody for something they've done in their past. I mean, how will you ever forgive somebody for something that they've done to you personally, like immediately, you know? Um, So I feel like that's something that we do need to grow out of uh, is, is like trying to take away people's stuff because of how they act or whatever because it's like you can easily just stop watching them like don't contribute to what they're doing you know mm-hmm. um but i we definitely got off topic <laughs> yeah yeah su- super off topic but i but i feel that though that, that makes a lot of yeah. sense so yeah. c- continue continue where you're at maybe so, we'll get through several more minutes of the story before we break off into uh wonderland of mm. tangents oh yeah for sure <laughs> yet again um so through the laughing fits, we were watching Fear and Loathing. Um, and I start writing stuff down saying that I'm traveling through the universe as I'm writing this. Um, I, I said I was so proud of me. And then I said I was stupid. 
and um uh I was like I feel like my head is gonna explode how could you eat all those you're horrible how I wanted some more you ate the whole bag I can't hear you it was for me it was my bag no it wasn't we got it together Tangents. it was a snack never mind that continue the story um, For those yeah, of you I've, listening to the audio, I'm eating beef jerky, that, and that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah, we went to the store and we bought it together, and I figured it was for us, but I only got a few pieces out of it. I guess I got to be quicker than that. Mm. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I feel like my head is going to explode at this point. Um, my feet were sweating. I was shivering. Um, and then I was saying that I couldn't get my mind to co cooperate with me. I couldn't focus on anything. Um, and then I was getting so upset at my handwriting. I do not have good handwriting. My mom has always told me I write like a boy. Um, so I'm like trying to write this and I'm trying to be good, but I'm shivering at the same time while also seeing like patterns on the page because the page is white mm. and I'm like trying to write around everything. And I'm like, why is my handwriting so bad? Um, and then I even said something like, I'm not the same person, uh, now that I've done this and I could see my veins. Um, and I'm like, this isn't funny, but I have to stop laughing. And then I wrote in all caps real big. I was like, my handwriting is so bad. Ah. And then I said, H's don't even feel like H's anymore. And then what I didn't know what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm like writing down H's and I'm like, they don't even feel right anymore. Cause I was saying, ah, so I put one A and like seven H's and mm. I was like, these H's don't feel right anymore. <laughs> this doesn't I feel like you're writing a different language. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then, um, anybody who's tried cocaine, I know that it's, it's an addictive drug, but after I tried it, it was something that I felt, um, I didn't like that drip was just not for me. And not only that, but it only lasted for like a few minutes. So I was like, yeah, this just isn't the drug for me. Yeah. Um, so I went on to say that I feel like this is what cocaine should feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, could you imagine? God. <laughs> Snorting a psychedelic. <laughs> you probably can. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't you can, be surprised. Yeah. Oh, and then I had a prophecy. Oh. I said my head was going to hurt really bad when I get out of this. Mm. And I don't think it did. Okay. So, That's so I wasn't right. So I wasn't right. Um, and then I guess you told me I was closed minded. And I said, I think it's really funny, um, even though no one else is laughing. <laughs> oh, and then I think there was a point when you were laying next to me and I was staring at your face. And I was like, your face is so beautiful. And like his the cheek, like, you know, where you put highlight on your cheeks, his high points were like golden. Like they looked like gold. It was so cool. <laughs> Um, so I wrote that down <laughs> and then I couldn't breathe. I've noticed that. And then I okay. had, I did this like scribble line. And, um, in the beginning I said, here's where I had it together. And then once I got to the end, I said, this is where it all fell apart. What does that even mean? <laughs> Such profundity, I can't follow it. <laughs> and then I said, Hunter S. Thompson is ugly. <laughs> uh, oh. He's an all right looking dude. Maybe not Johnny Depp. Right. I don't Maybe know not I that. like I Brad Pitt. Probably, I think it was because of how Johnny Depp was dressed in that movie. Mm. So I was just like, this is not the fit for me, man. <laughs> um, and then I think, I don't. You do the lines better than me, but there was a part in there where he was like, God? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I love yeah. that scene. It's where they're in the desert. And yeah. uh, he's with, like, his um, uh, is his lawyer or yeah. or something like that. Um, I think it was his lawyer. Yeah, and he's in the desert. <laughs> Oh no no that's that's when he's like handing them the cocaine and he's yeah, trying to like put like so they're they're in this convertible and they're driving fast down this uh this highway uh in the middle of the desert. I think they're going to to Vegas. Um uh, and he's like trying to sprinkle cocaine on his hand so that he can bump it. And as he's doing it like the the cap 
opens and it all just blows past him. And he's like, you see what God did to us, man? <laughs> was one of my favorite parts. That and, I, and, yeah. I had to write it out. So I, I wrote out God, like G-O-D, and then I wrote out in all caps, G-A-W-W-W-D, because that's how he said it. Mm-hmm. And then I said, people out west don't talk like people from out east. And then I said, I feel like how Johnny Depp acts. I feel like how Johnny Depp acts. Go ahead and decipher that, because I have no idea. And then I said that I occasionally see a bug out of the corner of my eye, and I wish I had a beard and a penis, but I already knew that. So, uh, right. yeah. Yeah, that was the end. Interesting um, uh, worldview. Yeah. It it was a 12-hour-long trip. I think it lasted from uh, 10.30 at night, or I guess that's when I when I popped it, and then I didn't start feeling different until about 8.30, 9 a.m. the next morning. Um, wow. So at that point, once I started to come down, I think you'd already gone to sleep. Yeah, I think oh, you'd yeah, already was... gone to sleep. Because you seemed fine. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not a bad trip sitter. Don't, don't, nobody comment <laughs> that. I'm not a bad trip sitter. It's just we were both laying in bed, and I was tired, and you mm-hmm. were like, because LSD, it comes in waves, like you were saying. Like, you would feel fine for a little bit, and then it would hit you again. And you were in bed relaxed, so you seemed fine. And you could have woke me up if something was, well, like, you started tripping real bad or started having I mean, a bad trip or something. Not to make these notes, like, indicate that I was, like, having a bad time. I know it said in the beginning that I wasn't really meshing with it, but I think that was just anxiety. Once I got to the laughing part, that's when it all kind of just felt fine. Um, so I'm not somebody who can, who has ever really had like a bad trip. Um, I've done a bunch of different drugs and I, I feel like I can hold myself rather well on all of them. So especially once I was starting to come down, you really didn't need to be awake anymore. Um, so as I finally felt like I didn't have any more in my system, um, I laid there and it, I was sweating like my shirt was soaked. I, I could tell I was stinky. Like it was just nasty. Like mm-hmm. I need to shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like a werewolf who had changed the night before mm-hmm. and had woke up in the forest as a human. And I was like, like if you could put up or even like think of Klaus when he finally got to change into a hybrid from Vampire Diaries, if anybody watches it, um, how oh, he gosh. woke up and he was like looking around like, Oh wow, it's a whole new world, you know, that's what it felt like. Mm. Yeah. So it, it was a great experience. I definitely want to do it again. Um I've actually been looking. So. Mm. Yeah. Sure. That's a very interesting experience. Mm-hmm. I have not experimented with LSD. So no, I, I don't think I'd let you. Yeah, I don't I don't uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't messed with it, but DMT, I've I've done once, in in part. It, I, it wasn't enough for me to tell a story about it. I, it wasn't enough for me to make a video about it. You know, and the whole experience was. That's it, because he did it without me. It was it was kind of lackluster. You know, it, it, you know, I just, you know, I, I was going for the third hit, and everyone knows like you have to take that third hit. It's like Terrence McKenna made that very popular. It's like take the third hit, man. Come on. You know, um, and so I took the third hit and I feel like I got to the waiting room area. It's like the walls started to shake and things started to like, like defocus and start to spread apart. Like I was about to go somewhere then I just didn't go anywhere. So I, I didn't take enough for a breakthrough, which is why I haven't made a video about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, in the future when we do some, um, then I'll make sure to take like a breakthrough amount Mm-hmm. So that one, I can make a video about it, but more importantly, so that I can have the experience and uh, you know mm-hmm. see what it's all about. Though I, I feel like I know what the experience is like because astral projection is very—I feel like it's akin to a lot of psychedelic experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so just at least from the ones that I've had, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of—I yeah. um, haven't ever had an astral projection experience. Are you talking about DMT? Right. Yeah, it's like the the okay. comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. like it feels it feels very similar to me uh, from what I was feeling, like the initial uh, projection symptom, like how it feels. Um, 
well, maybe it'd be okay for you then, if you're like you're already used to it. Mm-hmm. it and it's only it only lasts like fifteen minutes. You know, I know it's like in in dimethyltryptamine and. You know, I've researched the MAO inhibitor business and, you know, because I was really excited about it. I was going into it um, and I was like, okay, like I want to have this good experience. I just didn't take enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and because it's only 15 minutes, I feel like however bad it is, mm-hmm. I can handle 15 minutes. Like if it does wind up being bad, like I can handle 15 minutes um, as opposed to hours and hours and hours of a bad trip. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, LSD's no joke. It's like, this is a mess. Why on earth did I do this? Why did I do this again? (laughs) I don't want to get to a place where I'm thinking that. It's like, why did I do this? Yeah, right. But, I mean, it's definitely something, you know, when you have the, the, like, that want or desire on your heart, something you got to go after. You know, Mm -hmm. drugs are just, they're they're illegal for more than just because they want to keep you safe type thing. You know, I'm sure we all understand that like they're trying to keep us from understanding a certain thing mm-hmm. um, that drugs could potentially show us uh, or certain, ones, certain I'm, ones I believe that for sure like it's a it's not a a banning of substances it's a banning of states of consciousness mm-hmm. and expansion and the freedom that some of those uh, substances allow you there's, I feel like there's a lot of control when it comes to governmental structures on our perception of reality as a whole. Yeah. Like, cause if they can prevent us from like extreme states of consciousness and altered states and out of body experiences, then they keep us brainwashed. You know, mm-hmm. like the only thing that's real is what we can perceive with our five senses. Then we look at life differently. Then we get that fear of death and you know, that, you know, that permanence, you know, uh, of this three-dimensional reality being all that there is. Um, and we do have to wake up from the matrix. And I feel like for a lot of people, psychedelics do that. Psychedelics mm-hmm. give them that ability to wake up from the matrix and, uh, you know, kind of peer beyond the veil and see what it's all about for a little while and then come back and relay their experience. Or at least just to see that there's something different, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. My, my parents have all tried... Uh, psychedelics and um you know they're not awakened yet um i'm hoping that at some point we can get them to that to there to that point um but they i i think even the older generation too just kind of used psychedelics and they got to a point where they started this movement that i think our generation has kind of um continued but they got to a point with the drugs where it was more about the experience, like you were saying. It was about the drug. It was about the experience rather than learning from it at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, a great another segue that we could do now is the spiritual awakening that's happening on TikTok. Oh, right. Um, yeah. a, lot yeah, of yeah. The, a lot of the videos that I, I watched. Uh, <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> I hit my leg. Go ahead. Oh. Um, so when I'm scrolling on my For You page, a lot of the stuff that I find is like spiritual stuff. And it, it warms my heart so much to see um, people talk about how they're starting to heal from uh, the, the hurts that their parents caused. And they're starting to um, play more with like herbs and whatnot so that they can finally uh, start to heal things and, and not have to rely so much on prescription drugs or, or uh, Western medicine. And um, they're starting to manifest things. They're seeing things in their lives that have never happened before were even possible. They're starting to see that they're kind of starting to come about. And it's given me so much life. Like, I, I love seeing it. I love seeing people wake up. I love seeing people um, be happier. You know, our generation deserves to be happy. Gen Z deserves to be happy. Like, we got left all this junk. And now we're having to, you know, swim through it and and fish through everything to try to see you know what's actually real because it's a sea of bullshit and um on top of having to also navigate being an adult you know how do i take care of myself how do i how do i keep myself secure you know um stuff like that but on top of how do i also make sure that i'm not getting fucked over by everybody you know like it i don't know i i love to see it i feel like gen z and millennials is like younger millennials, like we're starting to snap out of it. We are the movement. Um, something that I've heard a lot in the Christian church before we left 
uh, was talk of a revival. And I think this is the revival. It's not going to be seen the way that everybody has been seeing it before. It's not going to be traditional. It's going to be like a spiritual revival. And we're all going to come back to understanding that we are a part of everything. And that um, when we, you know, relinquish this like hold that we have on the lives that we're living right now, and we try to live more as like, a spiritual being who's a part of like an entire universe of a community then that's when we'll see the peace that we need and the progress that we've been searching for and i think gen z and millennials are going to get there a lot faster than anybody else has hmm. yeah yeah i totally feel that and i it's do so get cool. a lot out of that like there's definitely a movement happening there's mm -hmm. definitely um there's definitely something changing. I've seen on a couple different spiritual YouTube channels lately. It's like, you know, December 21st, 2020 is supposed to be a date of awakening and just like 2012. And I can attest to oh, 2012 yeah. being a year of awakening for me because it was a year of first mm -hmm. uh, for me, like my first projection experience and, you know, feeling energy for the first time. And it was it was a really important year for me. And so I'm curious to see what the end of this year brings and the start of the next mm -hmm. one, you know, kind of. Uh, turns out to be like but yeah, um sure. that's gonna do it for our time for this one so before we go why don't you uh, tell the good people of the world where they can find you and what you're doing or working on that you can uh, uh invite them into um well i have a tiktok if you guys want to go follow my tiktok um i post random stuff um i'm gonna start posting product reviews I like makeup, I like skincare, so I'm, I'm going to be doing stuff like that. Um, if I had any requests, I could start doing stuff for um, spiritual stuff. I, I'm really open to anything. Uh, my TikTok is just a free place where like, I, I try to express myself. So my handle is um, at underscore wasting my life. Um, so I believe, you know, we'll put that in the description below. Um, I really just wanted to say, you know, as somebody looking in from the outside who is as close to this project as you know you are, um, I am so incredibly like overwhelmed at the support that that you know you've shown Cal and like that we've been getting for this channel, we've been getting for the podcast. Um, you guys have really blessed us in a way that you cannot understand. Thank you so much, Taylor, for being on the channel, on the podcast, and also being the co-host, so you'll be here <laughs> more frequently. Yeah. Um, and thank you guys so much for all the support on the channel. Again, we just hit 500 subscribers, so thank you. I'd consider this like a 500 subscriber special with my wife on it. Um, and also, I just appreciate the support. I like that you guys comment everywhere. I read them. Um so this is this is going to be how things move forward on the channel from now on. I'm going to make these podcasts and supplemental video, videos as well. Um, and again, this is totally Patreon supported. So if you guys enjoy my work, you like what I do, uh, and you want to support that, consider uh, becoming a Patreon. You can click the link in the description below, and it'll take you to my Patreon page. Um, and if you would like any one-on-one -on -one coaching from me, I do coaching to help awaken your psychic abilities. I do Reiki healing sessions and aura cleansing. So you can go to my website, camelkids.com and find that out there. Um, and if you have, if you guys have someone that you want me to have on the podcast, that's like reasonable. I mean, I'd like to have Johnny Depp on the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if he's going to be available for it. Um, but again, thank you guys so much. And, um, as always guys, never stop adventuring.